Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. You know, sometimes things happen. No one could predict it. No, not at all. Like blackouts in California? No, who could predict that? <laughs> no, yeah. You know, you know. just a few days ago, the yeah. California governor, Gavin Newsom, was bragging about how California was on the leading edge of the Green Revolution. That's right. <sighs> of course he was. No other state in the country. I would argue fewer jurisdictions, if any, in the world doing more in the green energy space, changing the way we produce and consume energy and decarbonizing not just our economy, but cleaning up our air and making California healthier and more resilient across the spectrum. Don't think for a second, as I noted a moment ago, coming back to this, that we're going to de-escalate our commitment to that transition He wasn't going to change his mind. Okay. There would be no de-escalation of the push forward for Green Weenie. I I will say one thing. He has absolutely hit the nail on the head on one point, which is that they have completely changed how people consume energy in California by telling people to not consume energy in California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you try not to get mad. You can laugh at it. Yeah. That's what we usually try to do, except people are suffering because of it. But this was predicted. It didn't have to be this way. But because this guy wants to be president, he wants to be the guy and the big leader and the one everyone admires, and this is how you do it. You turn your back on, well, energy. Things you need to keep power on in your state because you want to be some sort of hero. It's so narcissistic. Well, in the end, yeah, because you have this soaring oration about, oh, we're going to make sure that we're doubling down on green energy stuff that's not working, and a few days later, this is what's driving the news this morning. Well, <laughs> I mean, the headline on Friday you couldn't make up: buy an electric car. We're going to be done with gas-powered cars. Don't charge them this weekend. Yeah, I know you want to travel for Labor Day and all that. Just don't do it. Are you freaking kidding me, man? And so then the news this morning, and here you go. This morning, California continues to brace for blackouts. The big concern out west, of course, the power supply. Yeah, it's growing fears of power outages. The risk for outages is real, and it's immediate. And we need your help. Yeah. This is the thing about climate change. It's causing all of this. No, it's not. It's because of what you have put in place to, quote, fight climate change. I listened like over an hour and a half of experts when it comes to climate change, talking about, I mean, these are people that are very much believers that we got to do something in the next hundred years, but we have time that people say, time is running out. We have to do everything now. They, They say is absolutely full of baloney and you're absolutely going to have to use fossil fuels for an amount of time but you're not ever really going to transfer over to solar no or electric because 
that's not good for the environment either. No, that and it's just not as efficient as I mean, if you really are okay with literally billions of people dying over the next several decades because of exposure, because of disease, because of a lack of uh, indoor plumbing, I mean, any all of these systems that rely on fossil fuel production in one way or the other and fossil fuel use, unless you're okay with that happening, then solar is just never going to replace it. Solar is never going to be as efficient as what fossil fuels can offer. No. Well, not only that, you'll have people freezing to death. You're going to have that this winter. You're also going to have people starving to death because of what they're doing to farmers across the world yeah. with the fertilizer. Sri Lanka, the Netherlands, the food production's not going to be there. And they're trying to figure out, all right, what are we going to do to make up for the lack of food? And it's going to be the poor that die of starvation Oh yeah, in different countries. That's the way it always works. But they don't tell you that, of course, because they have an agenda. These people on the far left that talk about, you know, wanting to help the poor so much, you're going to starve people to death doing what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. But more on that later. Well, they're going to start taking thermostats and just ripping them out of houses, just knocking on your door. Weapons of temperature. (laughs) (laughs) They are not going to be allowed. Are you cool and comfortable in your home? That will not stand. Yeah, that will not stand. You know who else liked air conditioning? Hitler. That's right. That's right. All I can think about is Colorado, where they, they are. They're, they're tapping into your system, saying you can't get it any cooler than this or any warmer than this. And, David, you've talked about it many times. This is why I don't want a smart home. No, I don't don't want that. And you don't want the I, – I don't want a Tesla. I don't want any sort of electronics – or any more electronics in my car than absolutely necessary because what happens if they say, hey, you're charging your car during peak hours, we're going to go ahead and shut that off. And that's one Mm -hmm. demerit for you. You've only got two strikes left. Yeah. Well, and then switching gears, but still talking about the energy crisis. Europe, you know, pretty green over there. Yeah. You know, except, well, hold on a second. You've shut down nuclear... Certainly coal. They're having to call people that were retired yeah, to say, can you come back to work? Because no one knows how to run this stuff. And we're going to need it this winter because Putin is putting the screws to us. Yeah. They, I mean, he shut down a major pipeline that brings oil or not oil, uh, brings natural gas into Western Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it, it's not all that much of a surprise, right? We knew he would do that because uh, that's how anyone trying to exert leverage would behave. I mean, all these eggheads who did great in Model UN are saying, I can't believe he would use energy as a point of leverage in this war. Like, that literally, okay, every conflict in human history has been about who controls what resources. Yes. And you talk about how this is probably the most evil person on the planet, Putin, right? But you're surprised he's capable of this. He might turn down the gas. Yeah. And they will freeze. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, the the European Commission is proposing a uh, mandatory reduction in electricity usage during peak hours as part of the sweeping new measures to tackle the energy crisis. We're not talking about climate change. You're talking about the fact that you can't keep the lights on. Literally can't do it. This is Commission President Ursula von der Leyen talking about. All right. Okay. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid... No, 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 hold on. Did she just say flatten the curve? She did say flatten flatten the the curve. curve. Yes, she did. 
When you hear flatten the curve, <laughs> run! Yep. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. And we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. Holy smokes, man. All predictable. Walked right Flatten into the trap. The That's curve. it, man. The Green Revolution really is about centralizing government control. It is. Totally. Gosh, <laughs> dang. Else I got PTSD from hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, by the time they're done doing what they're doing, you're going to wish it was just COVID time again. Right. Oh, it's going to be far worse in some areas of the world. Golly. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, this is just kind of an aside, but when you talk about the, the death cult that is the, the far left right now, whether it's climate change and being willing to just literally steamroll human beings because of something that doesn't really need to be addressed that urgently. No. Um, yeah, did you see what's going on in Canada? There's a bit of a backlash going on because of their state-sponsored uh, human euthanasia, where doctors are basically convincing patients with mental disorders. Just men- not you're not not talking about late-stage cancer or nothing like that. You're talking about people who have bipolar disorder. They have depression that seems to be something that they can't wrap their har- their arms around. They can't get over it. Sadly. And they're actually suggesting, hey, why don't we just, why don't you just let us kill you? Wow. CBC had an article today that said, you know, we could save a lot of money in healthcare costs if we just expanded euthanasia. <laughs> this is scary crap that's going down. <laughs> oh, man. yeah, dude. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, meanwhile, the elite, what are they worried about? Mm-hmm. Well, we know uh, an Academy Award-winning actress has nightmares about Tucker Carlson. That's yeah. a big concern. Got that story. Talked, <laughs> talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence did an interview with Vogue magazine and talked about how watching the show 30 Rock turned her into a liberal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's who you're dealing with. Uh, and that's put her at odds with her family in Kentucky. And as part of that, she has nightmares about Tucker Carlson from Fox News. Well... The Tuck heard about it, and here's part of what he had to say. (laughs) Can it really be your fault? Are you really responsible if major Hollywood starlets dream about you? So she says she has nightmares about us. That's what they're calling it now. Nightmares. Yeah, all right. We're flattered. I think it's the sexy glasses. (laughs) Whenever he puts on the glasses, women are powerless. That's why they have dreams. That's hilarious, man. I mean, even... (laughs) Even if you did, wouldn't that keep it? You keep that to yourself, because that's so deranged. Have you heard the things she said no, since twenty sixteen? No, you're right. That's pale in comparison yeah, to some right. of the others. She's still trying so hard to forgive her family in Kentucky for having political views that are opposite hers. If she could just find it in her heart, it's so hard. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, the former Secretary of Defense said, Who is a clear and present danger to democracy? <laughs> that and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, who is a clear and present danger to democracy? Well, you know who. The orange man bad. Okay. Uh, media is right. going. I thought it was anybody that voted for Trump. 
but nope. they backed off that. Well, no, I mean, it all starts at the top. I, ass- I assume this is like trickle-down fascism in the left's mind. Okay. That, mm-hmm. you know, Donald Trump, if you voted for him at all, you are also now. That's why Joe Biden used the word semi-fascist, right? Because it gets diluted, I guess, when it, when it comes out of Donald Trump's pores. It's like double-A fascism. Right. <laughs> Got it. We're not in the bigs yet. We haven't made it not to the yet. show. Yeah. No. Uh, well, the media is going nuts over this new leak about the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago. The leaker claims to the Washington Post that Trump had a document describing a country's nuclear capabilities or something. We're uh, still dealing with leaks Yeah, yeah to the Washington Post after all this time. Like learning nothing over time. That that that's the thing. How many times is the left going to be Lucy with the football on this stuff? It, like until everybody stops <laughs> playing the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like, is it possible that that's accurate? I guess anything's possible. But listen, trust is earned, and right now the people who are leaking selective information to friendly media outlets have no trust. They are not trustworthy. No. Well, I just heard earlier this morning um, there was a report that some Russian hookers, Trump paid them to actually whiz on the documents. <laughs> well, that's why they're in a plastic sleeve now. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. They were waterproof. It's the P before. documents. Yeah, that's right. That's what we got going here. Yeah. Okay. They were labeled top P crit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> So who is saying that Trump is the clear and present danger? Uh, well, the, uh, so uh, former Defense Secretary William Cohen, he was on MSNBC giving his take on this. and said, Oh, he now, was uh, Clinton's guy. Yeah. Now is the time to arrest Donald Trump, is what he says. Oh, okay. I think the uh, Justice Department has gone out of its way to show deference to the former president that no other president in the history would have behaved in this fashion or had behaved in this fashion. So I think the Justice Department is going about it very methodically, very deferentially. I think that time has come to an end. Um, I go back uh, to the January 6th committee, uh, a very mm-hmm. conservative uh, judge. He said that Donald Trump was a clear and present danger to democracy. Okay. That is confirmed over and over by these revelations. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give me a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I- I I mean, you you also, again, you cannot argue that there's been this over-the-top deference to the former president of the United States when you sent an army of FBI agents to raid his private residence and then Mm -hmm. go about selectively leaking information about whatever investigation is going on to Democrat-friendly media outlets. It doesn't work that way. That is not a professionally done investigation which tells me what the end game really is with this it may be getting an indictment it may be trying to go i I think they will still indict donald trump but it doesn't really matter whether or not they get a conviction that's not what matters they want that cloud hanging over him so that he does not run or does not get the nomination for president in 2024 i think that's true by the way i want to just drill this down for a second don't have to spend a ton of time on it okay because danger to democracy, threat to democracy. We hear it all the time. Yeah. Okay. If I'm to put you on the spot, Scott, what does it mean? What, what does it mean to be a threat to democracy? Yeah, what is a threat to democracy? Well, what, I, 
what would indicate that's a threat to democracy? What would signal a threat to democracy? Yes. Joe Biden up on stage screaming about splitting half the country in half. I mean, as far as democracy, what, what could be torn apart about it? Like, to its simplest level, oh. what are we talking about? It, We're talking about communism, socialism. Yeah. To me, it's making that sure... That you couldn't vote for people. Yeah. How is, how is Trump a threat to democracy? How? No, they, they never say. No, exactly. Well, that's that's what's so maddening. No. It just rolls off the tongue and be, and be like, oh, a threat to democracy. And they all get the talking points, all the talking heads on all these shows. It's a threat to democracy. What do you mean by it? I bet they couldn't even tell you. No, because you mean the, the fact that we won't have like elections? Because if you want to say free and fair, and it was it was the, the freest and fairest of all time in 2020. Well, that's a load of crap. Because there's been a whole lot of shenanigans that have been uncovered uh, in the last couple of years. Now, was it enough to overturn? We can go over that forever. But anyone who denies the last election, well, you have tons of people that are still denying 2016. This has been going on for a long time, so it's just a load of nonsense to me. Meanwhile, Elon Musk, did you see this? Picking a fight with Jeff Bezos over Lord of the Rings. Okay. Okay, and it's not really the story so much. He's talking about how crappy Lord of the Rings is on Amazon Prime, but it's more that these two guys just like to go after each other. And when Elon Musk goes after Jeff Bezos, I can't help it. I think it's funny. Well, it's it's comparing rocket sizes. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Yes. Elon Musk is far cooler and will always be far cooler. Oh, I'm yeah. not down with everything with Elon Musk. He, he's a paunchy Iron Man. Very much so, Whereas, yes. like Jeff Bezos is now, at this point, ripped Dr. Evil. Yes. Well, paunchy that- Iron Man is the last of the Marvel comics to be made into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Still remember when Musk was taking over Twitter at the time, and the dude on CNN says, He's opening the gates of hell! <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. All right. Schools are open. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. Next. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the sexy boomer is Scott Robbins. So Seattle has canceled the first day of school, the teachers there, a little strike? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's strike season. It's happening all over the place. Uh, you know, the union wants to negotiate for more pay, more benefits, things like that. And so they're willing to tank kids' education for another year. Uh, you know, why not? Go for the trifecta here. Golly. It's uh, terrible to think this way. Part of me thinks, well, good for the kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Stop I, the indoctrination. Uh, you can always make up the learning later. If you're indoctrinated, it takes a long time to undo that. Yeah. First day of school, Seattle Public Schools canceled Wednesday morning, this morning. In Seattle, the union's uh, negotiating priorities include support for students, including interpretation and translation services, and improved special education staffing ratios, and the union also wants what they say uh, is more support and controls to prevent educator burnout, uh, like capping class sizes, making sure each paraprofessional has a laptop. The union wrote on its website, by the way, 93% of us are working more than our assigned uh, contract hours, 
and 25% of us are working 10-plus additional hours a week. Oh, really? You're working a 50-hour work week? Some of you are? Hmm. Mm. Okay. Wow, me, that's, let, that's truly a listed demand. Let me... Let me, let Holy me, cow. Here's this tiny little violin I got. I'm going to play it for you, okay? Golly. <laughs> I, I, you know, Seattle Public Schools, the, the median salary is actually well above the national average. And, you know, you have a situation where there are kids who have been out of school mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and here we go again. I, I really wish that we would have some freaking adults who would realize that they are tanking the next generation. What are we going to do about a generation of kids who don't know how to read? Dude, there are so many different facets to this conversation. Starting with your point, yes. It's all about the kids. You know, and we want them to have this education. That's why we teachers are asking for this. I've heard several people say, just say, hey, we want more money. Yeah. Okay, we think we're worthy of more money. But it's always sort of cased in this, well, it comes back to, you know, the kids. Okay, there are fewer and fewer people buying that anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, after what's happened the last couple of years, especially with the teachers' unions trying to keep teachers out of the school time and time again. And again, if you look at COVID, what we knew early on, kids were not at much risk unless they were really obese, a small percentage, and or a comorbidity. But, oh, well, you're, you're gonna, they're little murderers if they come in right. to the school, these kids, if they have COVID and don't know it and can give it to a teacher. So it's always been the teachers and the administrators put ahead of the kids, and it's still the same thing. It just needs to be called out more. Yeah. Now, I guess I can say this. You you could say this is in fairness to teachers or the school district or whatever. But we've, as a nation, spent about, what, $7 trillion on in the last two years on so-called COVID relief. And hundreds of billions of dollars yes. went towards state education programs. Yep. Where the hell is that money? Where did that question. go? Because we heard that time and time again from different union leaders. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we need to upgrade the HVAC systems. We need to uh, improve airflow in the classrooms. Where's that money gone? Because just a cursory glance this morning, and it sure looks like a whole lot of governors are holding on to most of that money in order to pad the revenue stats during an election year. It does look We've like that. We've got record surpluses. Oh, because of my leadership. No, because we gave you one of those big, fat Jerry Lewis checks, and you're right. not actually spending it. Yes. Well, we need the new air infiltration system here yeah. at school. How many of those got it? Right. Golly. I mean, you ask a question, though, and it's just true. You know, what are we going to do with the generation of people who can't read? But we're on a collision course to equal outcomes. So it won't matter. Yeah. I mean... There I mean, there, there'll be there'll be no there'll there'll be no level of of uh, achiever, underachiever, non-achiever. Yeah. It'll all be the same. At some point in the real world, you have to be able to work and be productive. Well, not necessarily. That ends at some point well, in time. I, I, Reality I, sets in. Yeah, it yeah, does. But, but but if you really wanted to go somewhat tinfoil hat here, mm-hmm. and say this is there's been this effort, especially in the inner city, for years to siphon money away from students in order to pad the pocketbooks of people in power. 
Um, and part of that is designed to make sure you're raising a generation of people who are helpless and dependent on government programs. Absolutely. Yep. So, and, Absolutely. And yeah. now you had this golden opportunity. I'm not saying every teacher who is saying, yeah, we're going to go on strike. No, if you're, if you're striking right now, you're just a horrible person. I'm not calling you a communist at this, at this point. But there are people who absolutely love the idea of using a pandemic or now using whatever mm-hmm. would, would promote a strike or a walkout from the classrooms. They're using that as a means to an end of making sure that as many people as possible are dependent on welfare. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Boy, we could keep going on this, man. I know we got other stuff to get to. Oh, and as a side note, satisfaction with uh, the United States education is dropping, according to a Gallup survey. I think we already knew that. Um, but that was also in the news today. Um, something else to get to. Um, it, you've talked about this a little bit, David, that if you do have problems, whether it's you know schooling, uh, maybe it's with crime. If you just buy an electric car, everything's solved. Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. And we're still getting this message? Yeah, well, California is facing blackouts because they're moving too quickly to green energy, and the state has told people to hold off on charging their electric cars because the grid is about to buckle. Have you seen all the photos of people plugging in their Teslas into uh, gas generators? (laughs) Yeah. Boy, if that's not just the perfect symbol (laughs) of how these leftist policies fail. Yeah, it is, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but they're also turning around. The state of California is saying, yeah, all new cars sold in the state uh, need to be electric by the year 2035. So you can buy uh-huh. an old car, used car that's that's gas, but any new model, 2035 and, and, and forward, has to be an electric vehicle to be legally sold in, in the state of California. It's suicide. So manufacturer, I mean, why are you going to make gas cars? Yeah. Uh, during an interview with a statewide public affairs show called The Issue Is, Energy Secretary, United States Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm, praised this move, even though they're facing blackouts. She's getting richer. What does she care? You like this concept? Yeah, I do. I think uh, California really is leaning in. And, of course, the federal government has a goal of the president has announced by 2030 that half of the vehicles in the U.S., the new ones sold, would be electric do you think what California is doing could or should be a national model? Could be, could be. I mean, you know, I know every state is different, and you always have to respect what the states are doing. <laughs> you always do? Mm, yeah. Really? I don't remember that about you before. But uh, I do think that once people, I mean, California has gotten more used to electric vehicles. Uh, but once we bring down the price of electric vehicles, and that means the technology that goes into those vehicles, which is the battery, bringing down that price as well, I think people will really like <laughs> I mean, people who have electric vehicles never want to go back. I drive a a Chevy Bolt, and uh, I just I would never go back to an internal combustion engine vehicle. So once they get more acceptable, I think those numbers don't sound as as uh, daunting. Okay. Once we beat you into submission, you'll love it. Once you don't have an option, right? Yeah. Well, and then make the batteries cheaper. And how are you going to do that when you have to get them from China? Just curious. How's that going to work? And how, by the way, is that saving the environment? It's not. When you're talking about mining for all the minerals that you need, which is pretty dirty for the environment. Yeah. How does that work? 
Well, no one ever asked the question. Oh, see that—that's—that's that's pollution over there. You know, some—I don't know—somewhere, oh, right? Somewhere in like Central Africa or South America. That those people—they're used to our filth. Okay, all right, sure, that makes sense. Um, boy, oh boy, man, you've been on this, David. I uh, and sometimes it's just hard to hear. Yeah. And that is the dude that had a stroke that's oh, running for Senate yeah. in Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. Oh, boy. I, I think it's important to talk about. It is. Not not mocking the dude for having having a stroke. Of course not. That no. can happen to anybody, and that's it's devastating when it does. But the Senate race in Pennsylvania is one of the biggest of the midterm election cycle. This is a huge mm-hmm. thing when it comes to the next two years of the Brandon administration. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Republican is Dr. Oz. Not a big fan of Dr. Oz, but geez. Uh, he's running against John Fetterman, who's a socialist. He also had a massive stroke, as you mentioned, a few months ago. He won't debate because, according to his campaign, I'm not making a crack because I get accused of that all the time. Uh, he, According to the campaign, he is startled by bright lights and loud noises. Yes. Which is a problem if you want to be a freaking senator. Okay? It's normal if you're a cat. Right. I mean, well, here, here's John Fetterman. We're going to get experience. a thunder jacket? Are <laughs> right. yeah. comparing it to cats that are afraid by storms? Yeah. Oh, get a little those blankets. Golly. Those heavy blankets. I don't, I don't want to get into this yeah. realm okay. where we're making fun of somebody that uh, had a stroke. No. That's not what it's about. Yeah. You know? Holy so here's, mackerel here's here. Fetterman speaking at a Labor Day event. Okay. I can champion the union way of life. In Jersey, in, excuse me, in D.C. Thank you, thank you very much, and it's an honor. I live eight minutes away from here, and when I leave tonight, I got three miles away, Dr. Oz in his mansion in New Jersey. You've got a friend, and you have an ally. Send me to Washington, D.C. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steelworkers. No, it's incoherent, man. I will say this. He does have a presence of mind enough to find the off-ramp and take it. Yes. Like, I mean, not like Joe Biden, who's senile and will just suddenly give up mid-sentence. You can hear him realizing that he's kind of circling the drain and then yes. just say, okay, thank you, bye. Right. Well, I can't help it. Every time we hear a clip from him, I mean, I recognize the same thing. Mm-hmm. That you do. And I'm like, man, sometimes he sounds more together than Biden. Which, of course, doesn't mean you're ready to be a senator. You know, in some ways, this will sound cruel, and I don't mean it to be. Remember Dick Clark after the stroke? Yeah. And he would do the New Year's Eve every year. And it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it wasn't. But he wanted to do it. And you'd watch it going, oh, my goodness, man, this this is difficult. But it was Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's Eve. This is a senator, dude. You can't do the gig. Yeah. But I, I'll bet you anything, for most voters, Democratic voters, I'm like, oh, I'd rather have him. He's going to vote the way I want him to vote. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Oz won't. Which, by the way, I know you're not a fan of Dr. Oz. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this, because I took a beating for sticking up for Dr. Oz at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Because I thought he had some good points. <laughs> Looking back in history, Dr. Oz was more right than Fauci. No, I, I take elderberry every day now. See? I mean, well, I still got COVID, but... Right. 
Jamie Markley was more right than Fauci. <laughs> yes. You don't have a doctor in front of your name. I understand that, but every time I said Dr. Yeah. Oz, I know. You, both of you guys were probably well, oh, really? yeah, going to take it, your advice from Dr. That Oz. That show turned into an infomercial with eating bark. and I never said anything about elderberry or bark or any of the other things he's ever said. All I knew about the guy I'd never seen a show was that he sang things that made sense. That was mm -hmm. it. He had talked to friends of his. I think it was hydroxychloroquine at the time. Yeah. Everybody was. was piling on Oz. Golly. Okay. Hey, you want a nice story? I thought this was kind of cool. Just random. Luke Combs, country guy. Yeah. Okay. I know a lot of big fans of his. Got some good songs. I'm not usually a huge country fan, but there's certainly country artists I like. Anyway, he's doing a show the other night. Saw these kids holding signs that said, We made 100 bucks stacking five cords of wood. Bought two Luke Combs tickets. Our dad swore it was a waste of time, but they were wrong. Today's my 12th birthday. That's what the sign said. So Luke Combs gave those kids 140 bucks from his pocket toward the tickets, along nice. with some signed hats and other tour merch. Oh, that's cool. Isn't country, that nice? Country guys are great to their fans. Aren't they? They just are. Yes. Yeah. You hear that all the time. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. See, the hard work paid off for those kids. They got a little bonus, too. like to see that. Okay. Something else you got to get to. Um, Kareem Jean-Pierre. You know, election deniers are going to ruin the country. Isn't she an election denier? Oh, yeah. We'll get to that next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. You have an election denier saying election deniers are going to tear apart this country. Yeah. Well, President Biden has spent the last couple of weeks making the midterm elections all about Trump and MAGA Republicans. Uh, he says that MAGA Republicans are this existential threat to democracy because, you know, they didn't accept the results of the 2020 election. But his own press secretary said Donald Trump stole the 2016 election, was was also an illegitimate president, and actually still won't say that Donald Trump won the 2016 election legitimately. Now, Peter Ducey from Fox News actually finally asked Corinne Jean-Pierre about some of the tweets that she had made. If we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen, what about the 2016 election? Look, I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. <laughs> we're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today. That's mm, in the That's past, convenient. man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen, I think anybody, any Republican running for Congress right now who is asked about the 2020 election, asked about any statements they may have made that are now apparently wrong think, just say, hey, I'm focused on the future. I I'm in agreement with the White House press secretary right now. That's bipartisanship. I'm not focused on what happened in 2020. I'm focused on what's happening in 2022. You know, the other part of this, and I'm sorry to just take words at their own face value but this all these people that won't accept the results what does that mean you won't accept the results we have to we have to live through all the bs we're going through right now what other choice do we have well they won't accept it that's a threat to democracy again you still have hillary clinton that hasn't accepted 2016 without saying it was stolen from her Stacey Abrams in Georgia, what does it mean? You only get to play that card on your side? Shove it!
such babies all the time that don't get their way like children. Grow up a little. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to get to. We got a lot of different crises going on at the same time. There's good news, though. We got a lot of levers we could pull as a nation. Oh, yeah. To help with those crises. That word was not used again, was it? Oh, sure it was. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. So, uh, California. I'm anti-lever. I am (laughs) anti-freaking-lever. You're a button guy from here on in. That's it. No levers. No more levers. We'll consider pulley systems, but absolutely no levers. No levers. Okay. None. Levers line through it. (laughs) (laughs) California is uh, facing blackouts because they're moving so quickly on the green energy stuff before we're actually ready to do it. Uh, And the state has told people to hold off on charging their electric cars because the grid is about to buckle. But they're also saying that all new cars sold after 2035 need to be electric. Riddle me this. Uh, During an interview with this statewide public affairs show called The Issue Is... U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm was asked whether or not that was too fast of a transition, because obviously if you're telling people to not charge their electric vehicles right now because we don't have enough energy, then what makes you think that you're going to have this ready to go in just over a decade? Well, I mean, 2035 is long is a long way away as well. We have to add we have to add power to the grid, clean power. We've got to add transmission lines to be able to bring that clean power to places where it's needed. All of that is happening right now. I mean, all of that we're pushing on all of these levers simultaneously to get clean power onto the nation's electric grid. You know, again, this is just ticky tack ward stuff. The problem is you're pushing the lever. Okay, you need to pull the lever. You're pushing all this crap on people. If you would just pull the lever to go fossil fuels for a while until everything else is ready to go and what makes sense, which, by the way, isn't electric cars and solar. It's just not when you dig into it. But that's part of the problem. I'm sorry to bring up levers again, Scott. I'll try not to do it. Oh, don't. I hate levers. Okay. I'm not a lever fan. We've been pulling on levers for I don't know how long now, and it's a mess. Well, the using every lever we can against the pandemic. Hold on, hold on here. Hold on. All right, done with the levers. But I am grabbing tools out of my toolbox. Oh, okay. Good. See, that's there good. you yeah. go. Yeah. Yes. Well, you got to do that now. You got. I wondered what you were doing. No, I'm, I'm getting actual tools okay. out of the toolbox. Here, here's so the thing. Some in there. I got a screwdriver. I got a screwdriver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, not not using any levers because I know that Scott is lever phobic. So yes, yes, I am, I am very much so. Well, hopefully you won't be taking that screwdriver to screw the poor because that's what's happening with all this green weenie stuff all over the place. Man, do we have some idiots running things? Holy smokes. Yes. Um, We also have this. We have this terrible orange man that had nuclear secrets uh, from other countries, and he tried to hide them. Yeah. It's gripping the nation right now from this Mar-a-Lago raid. 
Yeah, as the Department of Justice is doing a very above-the-board investigation into a former president who was also involved in the blocking of the current Attorney General's appointment to the Supreme Court. Hmm. That's a bad look, isn't it? Uh, yeah, apparently they are also still leaking like a sieve, and they are saying that Donald Trump had at least, what, one nation's military, some information about their military preparedness and potentially uh, nuclear capabilities. Right. Very vague. Don't know yes. what it is. You know, the point's been made before is that some of these things, when you're talking about the mil- when you're talking about a military uh, capability of any nation, if the president writes it on a napkin, that becomes top secret because you're mm-hmm. taking notes while getting this briefing. So, was it something that he wrote? Was it on the back of the card? You know, remember that one of my favorite stories from the Trump presidency is, is one one time he's like at a national security meeting and it looks like he's taking <laughs> yes. rigorous notes. I mean, just, just jotting down line after line on the back of a note card and people were like, oh wow, he's really taking this seriously. And then it turned out that what he was writing on the card was <laughs> different nicknames for Steve Bannon. <laughs> yeah. It was like Sloppy like, Steve. Yeah, Sloppy Steve. That's where Sloppy Steve happened. So maybe there was like a nuclear secret written on the back of a note card that also had Sloppy Steve written on it. I don't know. He had some of those with uh, up on the refrigerator there, with magnets attached to them. <laughs> oh my goodness! Unbelievable. By the way, speaking of Steve, he's in the news too. Oh yeah, uh, reportedly going to turn himself into New York prosecutors tomorrow as part of a new criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. The statement Bannon said New York has now decided to pursue phony charges against me sixty days before the midterm election. Wow. Does he get dressed up for that, or is he still sloppy Steve? He seems to be dressing a little bit better. He's one dressed. of these guys, though, that could dress up and still look sloppy. Yeah, I don't think he gives a flip, No, man. he doesn't. He's, and you can just tell he rolls. doesn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just part of it. This whole thing with Mar-a-Lago, the raid, and the FBI, and, and the back and forth, I mean, we cover it all the time, so you know the basic you know, part of the story, and you really understand what it's about. But when they get deep into the details, I start to just, like, Haze over, man. But but that's also... Isn't that part of the strategy? That is part of the strategy. And I think right now, you know, whether or not there's any there there with Donald Trump, I mean, we've seen this play out before. Absolutely. What always happens is you get all these different players involved and, you know, everybody goes way deep into the weeds on this, wondering what could be true, what could have happened, who could have been involved. And then at the end of the day, it turns into nothing. And it... Uh, you know, it, it may be that he said, you know, you know, so-and-so has nuclear weapons on the back of the note card where he wrote Sloppy Steve on it. And that's really all it is. And, and, and that's, that is the goal, though, is to create that cloud over Donald Trump in order to justify cracking down on anybody who is associated with him and, and potentially Donald Trump himself. Yeah, and to me, it's where I was four years ago. Yeah. Until you have proof, I don't want to hear it. You don't have proof. Yeah. I mean, Anything. If, again, if this guy had schematics for a nuclear weapon just hanging out at his golf club, they would have arrested him by now. I promise oh. you that. I promise you. Yeah, I believe that. Totally. Okay, put a timer on me. I, we can't spend a ton of time on this, but I wanted to bring it up because I saw a piece, and it was from Daily Wire, but it's all about Glenn Greenwald, independent journalist. 
I can remember back in the day not agreeing with Glenn on everything, but every once in a while you'd find common ground. Like, hey, you know, I'm glad that he's honest. He looks at every issue individually, and there's appreciation for that. And over time, once he left the intercept, which was his own site that he helped create, because, well, he left it because he was asked to sanitize an article he was writing about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So, and no, I'm not going to do that. And so he went out on his own. And what he's talking about in this thread on social media is exactly what we're witnessing right in front of our eyes, where every crisis takes away, you know, more just ability to talk about what's really going on That's people all. get canceled yeah, it's all distraction yeah constantly any he, and he's naming you know the election in 2016 russiagate january 6th covid the war in ukraine he says has all fostered new methods of repression and he brought up when all the left tried to get joe rogan canceled because of what he said about covid and therapeutics he said when that didn't work they only strengthen their repressive campaigns. They routinely abuse their uh, majority power in D.C. to explicitly coerce big tech silencing of their opponents in dissent. This is government censorship disguised as corporate autonomy. And I think that is spot on because that's where we're supposed to be able to exchange ideas. That's the platform today. And it's being repressed. And then he calls out CNN's Ben Collins. Brandy, is it Zadronzi? Sure. Go with and Taylor Lorenz. Okay. That it's astonishing to watch Democrats and their allies in media corporations posture as opponents of fascism while their main goal is to unite state and corporate power to censor their critics and degrade the Internet into an increasingly repressive weapon of information control. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's going on. And... He goes on with this entire piece talking about this is the classic mentality of all would-be tyrants. Our enemies are so dangerous, their views so threatening, that everything we do, lying, repression, censorship, is noble. And he talked about, remember Sam Harris yeah. on the left saying, well, who cares what Hunter Biden had on a laptop? I don't care if he had dead kids in the basement. Right. It would be worth it. To suppress that story so that Trump didn't get elected. And that tells you everything you need to know about the mindset. Yeah. So that's sort of what we're up against in America with just wanting the truth. That's, I mean, that's what it's about for, I think, most of us. You just want to know what's real, what's true, yeah. and be able to live your life. And all that stuff's getting repressed. Okay. Other news out there. Um Men are happier in relationships if they think they're the funny one. Well. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. So men think they're better off. Men if, are just overall happier if, if... they're perceived as the funny one. Yes. Okay. Well, if they think they're the funny one. Okay. Have so you ever been in a relationship, Scott, where you weren't the funny one? No. No. So you've always been happy. <laughs> no. No. I've, I was going to say, automati I've, automatically, I've been, this study is flawed. I was just going to say that. No. I, I, was, I was miserable. So is that... Is, I was, but I was funny. You were funny. Right. Sometimes misery brings out funny. That's true. Yeah. Right? 
Yes. Uh, This whole study basically saying, in general, men are happier if they think their partner sees them as the funnier of the two. Yeah. I, I suppose. I don't know. I've never really thought about it that much. You know. Every once in a while, as a couple you might know, um, the lady is funnier. But at least from friends that I know, well, I got a lot of friends that are just pretty funny. So they're hard to compete Well, I with. get told that, you know, well, if you're really funny, that's my first attraction was you were funny. You never believe it, but it's true. I always think, well, I thought it was my debonair looks. Well, I, I think it can add to your overall attractiveness. But, I mean, again... Y- if you're starting at a zero, that still only puts you at a three. And I'm not saying you're starting at a zero, Scott. I'm just saying. No, no, I think I know exactly what you're saying. I started at a zero. Thank you, David. No. <laughs> yes. Well, it's it's not. The, you can find the funniest guy that you know. Mm-hmm. But if he has got low numbers in every other quality, yeah. he's not doing well. Right. You got a dude that's super rich and he's low in every other quality. He's still going to do okay. Mm-hmm. Different things do better. Yeah, in the Aaron Rodgers may not be funny, but I think he's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so again, he's not hideous looking. But quarterbacks so, have to be like the best looking guy on the team, too. Well, you know why that is? I don't know, but there's a study on it, I'll bet you. I'll it bet inspires leadership. No joke. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I believe you. Okay, news update you do not want to miss. Straight ahead. All right, then. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update for you. U.S. District Court judge issued a ruling that requires chief medical advisor to the president, one Anthony Fauci, along with White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre and other key public health officials to turn over all external communications with big tech companies. Because, you know, there's a lawsuit against the Biden administration officials by the attorneys general from Missouri and Louisiana for colluding with social media companies to censor free speech. Talking about COVID yeah. and vaccines. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the the White House had Facebook take down a uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, parody account. That's right. Telling them what could be said about vaccines, what could be said about COVID, what couldn't. Sooner or later, this is all going to come out. Dude, Remember people. when we were talking about we got to get the information yeah. from China? It doesn't seem like anybody has any want to do this. And I understand that information's long gone. Okay, but as yeah. far as just, hey, we had this pandemic that shut down the world. It cost millions of people their lives, their livelihoods. Still trying to recover from all this, but we don't want to get to the bottom of it? Well, no. We got, it doesn't we, make sense. We got electric cars to buy. Right. Well, and remember the wise words of one Anthony Fauci. One way to get the information, don't be accusatory toward China. That's right. not nice. One of the ways you can get it is don't be accusatory. Yeah, you, do, you wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I trust... The scientists at the Wuhan lab. Yeah, of don't course. Accusatory. <laughs> okay. I'm not you saying you did it, pandemic. but I would like to see some of the, the uh, work that went into it. I mean, you would think about it. How woke is that? 
Yeah. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We know you started a worldwide pandemic, but let's just be let's be careful not to hurt feelings with accusations. You know, you're right about that, though. I mean, there for a while it was like we sent in all these investigators and we were turning over these rocks and we were going to find out. And then they came back. We just like never happened. Come on, man. Absolute joke. No, I, I really hope that, you know, when you're talking about Rand Paul and the other Republicans in Congress that have talked about they're going to hold him accountable, Fauci, I, I can't wait for that day. No, they won't do it. Don't say that, please. They won't. Yeah, they probably won't. Not even Rand Paul. Yeah, they'll get some. They'll get some good. Uh, you know, they'll get some good viral moments. They'll haul him in. They'll have that, and they'll screech about it. They'll fundraise off of it, and then he'll enjoy okay. his nice little pension. Courtesy Meanwhile, of us. The, the new crisis we have is the energy crisis. You got to be green. Yeah. See, we got to be green. I mean, sure. I mean, we could be energy independent again if we went to those old fossil fuels, but we can't do that. Uh oh, news alert. Germany reverts to burning coal and will keep two nuclear plants open ahead of the winter months. Well, they got no choice here. They got no yeah. choice. They're, Correct. They're done. I mean, you know. And never forget how when Donald Trump said to the Europeans, to their faces, <laughs> yes, you are becoming beholden to Russia, and that is a huge, huge national security and global security issue, and you should not do that. They laughed at him, and our they media did. lapped it up. They're laughing at our president, ha <laughs> ha, because he's dumb, ha <laughs> ha Flash forward a few years, and guess what? Europe's screwed this winter. Yeah, they are. Yep. He was... And it, it could get very tragic. The predictions are it's going I mean, to really awful, and Trump's Trump's Adamus is going to say, "I told you." Yeah, tried yeah. to tell you. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David is energy is the biggest story, not just in Europe but here in the United States. I mean, in the West, especially California, you're talking about the potential for rolling blackouts uh, because the grid just can't handle it um, right now. Now, it, you know, I, I do find it interesting that you've got people like Eric Swalwell who mocked the state of Texas because the state of Texas said something somewhat similar this summer during the heat wave and said, hey, conserve energy if you can. We don't want to go to rolling blackouts. And he mocked the state of Texas for it. Well, now that his state of California is going through it, he says, we all need to come together. Something else we got to get to. Monkey pox spoiled something. Guess what it was? Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Axer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, is Scott Robbins. So uh, Russia putting the screws to the European nations. Oh, yeah. We control your energy. Whoever thought that was possible? Mm. Uh, All of us that could read. Uh, (laughs) Anybody with common sense that whenever Vladimir Putin wanted to, he would have their crackers in a vice very quickly. Yep. Well, you know what? I suppose if you only read legacy media, you wouldn't have known it. Well, yeah, because you would have thought it was ridiculous when Donald Trump specifically warned Germany in particular about becoming so heavily reliant on Russian energy sources, namely natural gas. The German delegation at the United Nations actually laughed at Donald Trump, and our media took great glee with that, saying, oh, 
see, they they know he's not a serious president. He's he uh, he didn't do well in Model UN, and that's how I, who excelled in it, knows he did poorly in the real UN. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what? I, I just want to relive that again. Okay. Because I think it's worth reliving. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Okay, just so you know, while he's giving the speech, then they're panning, and that's when you see the officials from Germany laughing at him. Yeah. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. It has been the formal policy of our country since President Monroe. Yep. They're all laughing. Okay. Are you going to tell us something? And it's true. That's exactly yeah. where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, Good job, so, Angela Merkel. Yep. Uh, Russia shut off the flow of natural gas to Western Europe, closing off the Nord Stream pipeline. We got a nice explanation of it from the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, excellent. Always making the very complex mm-hmm. seem simple. Yeah. So you've heard us say this, that what, what we see Russia's doing, and we've been very clear about this, is that they're using energy, they're weaponizing energy, and it's choosing to, to one of the things that uh, has been out there, the shut down the pipeline of Nordstrom 1. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Nordstrom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the pre-holiday sale at Nordstrom's? Well, yeah, you could still get two sweaters for 50% yeah. off. Yeah. That's good. Now, I do hear they are still sending boots through that pipeline, so that's good. You know, <laughs> Hard to get them through, but some it's nice, working. Some nice designer pumps, too. Yes. yes. Mittens, you'll need them this winter from yes. Nordstrom's. Yes, you will. <laughs> oh, buddy, hands are going to be cold. I mean, in a sane public discourse about... I don't know, global affairs and global politics. There would be people right now who are openly laughing at Donald Trump saying, you know what, we were wrong, they were right, and he was right. And then the nerds who got us into this mess, got the world into this mess, would never be able to dictate policy ever again. Yes. Honestly, how many independents would actually have more respect for those people that said, you know what, you say whatever you want about Trump, he was right about this. They will not do They're it. Not gonna do that? No, because it's not, not about being honest. No, they hate him. They they can't backpedal now. Well, honestly, they can't give him credit for anything. No, that's why I like when I'm wrong about something. You guys bust my chops on it, or it goes back and forth all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's the real world. Yeah. You know, you're working with somebody that's flat out wrong about something. You're going to get the business from your buddies, oh sure, your coworkers for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way it should be, but it doesn't work that way in that world. You've got clips of me announcing my strategy of every presidential candidate in the last uh, ten years. I've yeah. been wrong 100 percent of the time. <laughs> hey man, Scott Walker's time is coming. I know. I've said all of this, and I, I don't. I don't deny it. That's why. That's why buffoonery. Always takes a front seat when I start these predictions. That's why I don't. Roy Moore will... is a player for president, Scott. I yeah. said all yeah. of these things. I'll be the first to admit it. I, I did it all. I did it all. And you never let me forget. <laughs> well, we, the, the same thing. It comes around to all of us. That's why I start to go, well, if it were me, I'd vote for you. Hey, don't, don't say it. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
I know. All right. Scott Walker, that's the worst one, I think. Well, the thing was, okay, real quick, you predicted he was going to be the guy that was going to be the Republican to come out of the primary, and you had your heart attacks in 2015, and while you were laying in the hospitals, when the guy, I mean, not only did he not make it to Iowa, he didn't make it past September. No, and his his whole thing was uh, he wanted other candidates to drop out with him. He was leaving by example. Yes, that was part of it at the time. He was eliminated when he backed out of the driveway. (laughs) already done (laughs) now you're piling on you're like i'm telling you this is it well before that it was chris christie this bridgegate thing is not gonna affect him no i can't you can't you can't count on me you just can't and this is fun (laughs) because at your mind right now you can't remember where i booted it I can uh, remind you, but we yeah. got to move on. Honestly, your your feelings on Ron DeSantis is why I'm actually a little bit. See, I know I should. On, I'm like, okay, said. what's really going to happen with Ron DeSantis? Is something bad really going to come out? No, I think Ron, Gavin Newsom is our guy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, I saw this at Daily Wire. Public records request reveals California Teachers Union allegedly spied on parents during the pandemic. Did you hear this? No. Yeah. Dude, they were getting oppo research on parents that were complaining about keeping kids out of school. A lot of districts were doing that. Holy smokes. So you've heard this in other parts of the country. Yeah. To just shame parents? Yeah, to, to like basic, blackmail in a way, basically putting them on sort of a watch list to see, you know, okay, who are we really up against? Who are we going to have to fight? And really digging up dirt if any of these folks decided to run for school board. Man, mm. yeah. So keeping an eye on that one, see where that goes. Did you see the latest Project Veritas? I had the audio. It's hard to hear whenever yeah. they do the undercover videos. And it was school administrators, one in New York, one in Connecticut, talking about how they bring woke agendas into the classroom. And with James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, and we've seen this over time, it's catching people, usually on almost a date, yeah. where they just start they just start talking just openly about whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was, yeah, I do anything I can. To bring agendas in. And yes, we will not hire Republicans. Um, well, the one uh, administrator said, I won't hire a Catholic. Poof. Seriously. Wow. And the reason, well, it's just, it's almost like they're brainwashed. You just huh. can't mold them. And, and they prefer to hire teachers under the age of 30 because they'll be down with whatever yeah. you want to put into the school. And it was interesting Megan Kelly was talking about it and playing, you know, a few of these clips. She's talking with some other gentlemen that she had on her show. And it could be that, that this has been this way for a while because, you know, it's a YouTube channel. You can say whatever you want. But, man, it's like the swearing. She's had it because, I mean, she's got kids. And she's already moved out of New York to get her kids in a different district. And now she's saying now it's going to public schools. It's in these these uh, it's private. It's public. It's all over the place. People have moved different areas so their kids can have a good education. And this woke crap is infiltrating itself into schools all over. And she's had it. And so, you know, the clip. Do I have the right clip, David, the one that's edited? 
Uh, yeah, it should be. Should be the one that's edited. Should be. I'm just asking. Um, did you email it to me, David, just to make sure? Yeah, I I put it up with with our usual prep. Let's be careful here. What do you mean? Well, how did you? Is, well, you can't set it up now and then not play it. Well, there's a the mother of all swear words in this. Well, let's just roll a little oh, bit and no. see what happens. Oh no! We have people that hand on the button. The delay works, doesn't it? If it needs to be, <laughs> we don't know because she's talking about. Oh, well, just kind of all right, so I really, James has gotten criticism for the tactics they use, but I I stand by what I said. God bless this guy because. Saying, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. People don't like his methods, how he captures people. But she's glad that we have the information we have from these people. Because we do need to see it. It's like the Disney situation where somebody pressed record on that executive. And people didn't have to suppose anymore about Disney's secret agenda. It was all on camera. Just like we don't have to suppose now, like these teachers who then wind up blaming libs of TikTok for taking something they said on Instagram out of context. No, I can see you saying what. Right. And to that point. Think about what was captured on Disney, what we found out about Disney and what they're trying to do with children's programming. I am glad we know that. That's Mm -hmm. true. And this is sort of the same thing. What context makes your joke about hiring a serial killer to take out the white boys? What context could make that better? I understand you think that's an appropriate joke as the mother of two white boys. I tell you, you can right off i'm say oh, good ho, 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 ho. my oh my megan man yeah nice job on the edit david Oof. yeah yes right off that was one of the things because this one educator was talking about well the the white male students that she has they just seem so entitled and she doesn't know if they're gonna grow up to be bad republicans or not but it's almost like you want you know, a Dexter to come along and take out the young white boys was the joke. Yeah. That's not funny to a lot of people, especially to the mom of, well, white kids like Megan Kelly. I understand you think that's an appropriate joke as the mother of two white boys. Yeah. I tell you, you can f- right off. I'm sorry, but I don't, if you're not funny, <laughs> your school sucks. And what lunatic would pay $60,000 a year to send their child there? I don't care if you're liberal or not. Yeah. So there you go. That's a huge problem for us across the country. It's going to take a lot to undo what's been done. And I, honestly, if without COVID, I don't know parents would know what's being taught to their kids. No, I think I, I think that's true. I think the as monstrous as closing down so many schools really was, and we'll be feeling those effects for a long time, I think it has woken up a ton of parents as to what their kids are being taught. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's mama bears all over the United States that are saying right off yep and, and i think that's a good thing all right monkeypox spoiled what yeah everybody is hanging on this david the, what did monkeypox spoil this is an actual headline from nbc news okay okay how monkeypox spoiled gay men's plans for an invincible summer <laughs> no it's not that's a real headline no okay for, this is the no, this is real from NBC News. Uh, for many gay and bisexual men, they write, the sprawling and chaotic monkeypox outbreak has upended a summer that was supposed to be a well-earned opportunity following okay. the peak of the COVID. You need some music, don't you? 
Over 100 gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people responded to an NBC News online survey seeking to learn about how monkeypox has affected their lives and missed opportunities. They wrote about, well, the relations they never had, the dates they never went on, and gatherings with friends they avoided. Well... Uh, they spoke of a summer they had hoped would prove invincible, but that for them has turned out to be anything but. One person lamented, I've stopped going to sex parties. I also stopped having sex with people who live off their OnlyFans. I additionally stopped cruising at the gym. I did not continue to go to Fire Island, and I stopped attending orgies. Aww. <laughs> oh, you know how... Like this is supposed to be sympathetic here. Yeah. <laughs> like what? what you been, It's like you got you got people who couldn't go to their mom's funerals because of COVID lockdowns right. and re- regulations. Even if it was outside, whatever. You got yep. kids who have gone way backwards with literacy and math proficiency because they were locked out of school for two years. But I'm supposed to co- pour one out because you couldn't go to the Nathan's Famous Convention. Okay. <laughs> Well, the all-you-can-blank buffet was closed. <laughs> okay. I think that deserves its own music outro. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it is painful. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, wow. <laughs> Sympathy, everybody. Moment of silence. Okay, more to get to. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm I know. stunned. <laughs> You might want to do that story for your trifecta later. That'd be good. That'd be awesome. All right, news update straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A couple of updates on things you might have seen in Texas. Um, They have clarified instructions for responding to active shooters, as far as the police concerned. Mm -hmm. What needs to be clarified? I assume anyone that didn't know that when you have an active shooter, you consider them an active shooter until they're taken down, not barricaded. Yeah. Goodness gracious, man. That, I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's just a sad story all the way around. And then what happened in Memphis, this woman out for an early morning jog, Eliza Fletcher. Oh, gosh, man. Horrible story. Oh, yeah. And you know the rest more than likely. Mm-hmm. She's abducted, sexually assaulted, and then ends up dead. Cleotha Abston, man, has been charged now um, and is being held without bond. Or he's the suspect. And this guy, you look at his record. Oh, my gosh. He shouldn't have been out of jail. Never, ever. That's what is so frustrating, you know, on so many of these cases, is that you see people that should still be in jail. And every time I think to myself, criminal reform, yeah, a lot of these people should never be out of jail. The guy put his lawyer in the trunk of his car. Yeah. In the trunk of his car. Yes, in the past. And he kidnapped other. I mean, this this is a history of this kind of nonsense. Yes. Somebody died. It's I mean, it's terrible. Awful. Terrible. You think about people running for office. Oh. Law and order is important to people. Yes. 
Oh, did you see? An investigation finds dangerous levels of arsenic in New York City tap water. Ugh. Holy smokes. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Who's ready to flatten the curve? Well, I've, I've, I'm familiar with it. I've yeah. done it before. Well, well, we're not talking about COVID. We're talking about energy. Yeah. Well, the European Commission is proposing a mandatory reduction in electricity use during peak hours <clears throat> as they're trying to tackle the energy crisis they've gotten themselves into. Mm-hmm. Thanks to this liberal world order that we're supposed to be protecting. Uh, Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said this. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours, and we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. Just just 15 days to flatten the planet. Cool. Well, at least it's not happening in the United States. Oh, but yeah, it is. Oh, well, hold on a second. Uh, not not to this extent, but it is, and it's because we've got a bunch of people who are either grifters or members of a dooms an actual honest to goodness doomsday cult, uh, worshiping at the altar of climate change, uh, who are willing to see millions of people starve or freeze to death uh, in order to meet their particular goals. Well, yeah, there is that. You know, this isn't going to get any better either. Not only is it going to be the energy crisis, it's going to be a food crisis over yes. the next six months. It's going to get really bad. Yeah, and they want to point it all to, uh, you know, point point the blame at Russia invading Ukraine because Ukraine it's does not, supply a lot of grain, but it's not that either. I mean, there are European farmers who have been up against it because of uh, nitrogen caps, things like that, with the fertilizer that they're supposed to be using. Uh, to grow food, and that food winds up not only in Western Europe, but also in Africa. And, you, know, you think about yeah. Ukraine and the Netherlands, how much food they produce for the rest of the world? Yeah. Far more than anyone would have guessed well, six months ago. I don't ago. even think I realized it. If I did, I forgot it. Oh, you're not alone. I mean, I seriously, I was shocked when I learned it. Yes. Again. Okay. No, you're not alone in that yeah, at it's all. Just, I felt so weird, like, no kidding? Oh, gosh. But this is one of those things that legacy media doesn't talk about. It's going to be a big surprise. And it's going to be, you know, November, maybe even before that, December. And the Today Show, people are starving. Yeah. People are freezing to death because they don't have the... It's Vladimir Putin's fault. No, you knew this was going to happen. This has been predicted. How's that crisis garden coming, David? Well, I'm not actually going to tell you the particulars of that because it's my crisis garden, sir. I don't want somebody showing up. You didn't tell him that he's the odd man out yeah, at the crisis is. garden because the show's got to go on. Well, you know, you know, Jamie's got a kid who's still in high school, so I feel Thank bad. You. So I, I've made room in my bunker. Yeah, I guess you know I've lived long enough, right? <laughs> yeah, right, you know. <clears throat> 
Yeah, by the way, where is that being talked about again? We had that update earlier where it's just, oh, it's Canada. Yeah. yeah, you've lived long oh, enough, yeah. and you had heart attacks. Don't you have right. some sort of ailment? Oh, oh, we could just off you. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're expanding euthanasia of humans yeah. uh, to include Correct. things like mental health problems, not just you know somebody's dying of late-stage cancer or anything like that. And, you know, there had been, like in years past, it had been advocated that, well, you should never, that a doctor or any sort of care provider should never tell a patient that that is an option. Because that can be seen as persuasion, and you don't want to, and it would be totally unethical to persuade somebody to kill themselves, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, now, no, that's off the table. Now you can counsel to have somebody just kill themselves. And the CBC, you know, state-sponsored media in Canada, is actually saying, you know, we could save a lot on health care costs with this great socialized medicine if we just let people kill themselves more often. <sighs> wow. It's insane when you dig into it. Yeah. Man, 2112 from Rush is, like, true now. <laughs> well, dude, it's a lot of godless stuff, man. It, it, it Well, it yeah, really it is. is. No, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's... This is... Okay, let's switch gears. Yeah, let's... David, you're very good at just laying out a story that's complex. Yeah. And this is one of those that's really interesting. It, it is. From a tragic situation. Yeah, it's very tragic uh, what happened. This is out of Las Vegas. Uh, Jeff Gehrman, he was a Las Vegas Review-Journal investigative reporter, newspaper reporter. Uh, he was stabbed to death during an altercation outside of his home on Friday morning. He was found Saturday. Okay. Uh, now, here's a crazy development. And again, as, as we say in the news biz, this is a developing, breaking story. Mm-hmm. The cops have served a search warrant at the home of Clark County Public Administrator Robert Tellis. He's a Democrat. Okay. Tell us had been the focus of some of Gehrman's reporting. Back in May, the paper uh, published some allegations of emotional stress, bullying, favoritism, all sorts of shenanigans going on in this dude's office. Well, uh, Tell us lashed out at uh, Jeff Gehrman on Twitter a few times. Tell us also wound up losing the June primary because of the stories that ran. God, so that was one of the reasons why he lost his reelection bid. So the cops. Uh, this is where this takes a weird turn. The cops put out a couple of pieces of surveillance evidence. There's an, uh, just a couple of photos. Uh, there's an unidentified suspect wearing a big straw hat, gloves, and a bright orange long sleeve shirt. And then they got footage of a GMC Yukon Denali. Now, according to the Review Journal, Telus owns a vehicle matching that description. So the cops oh. are having to talk with him right now. Wow. So let's see where that goes. Yeah, wow, no kidding. Well, it was automatically just, you know, any time an investigative reporter gets killed, you, you assume, like this, you know, you assume, okay, he got too close to a story, something. Right. You know, he's also one of the only journalists left in America who still has questions or did have questions about what happened at the Mandalay Bay shooting, the, the massacre that happened a few years ago. At the country show. Because there were a whole lot of unanswered questions about that guy, and we just kind of as a society, just sort of moved along. Do you remember three weeks after that was, you know, the biggest story? Yeah. I remember being on there going, why do we know nothing else about this? Right. And you, it just sort of went away. I know they talked to that guy's brother, the killer. Yeah. Um, and I remember that, but they, they really had no motive. There, were, there was no reason 
it, it, there were things that didn't add up. Yeah. And I'm not saying these two stories are linked, but you don't know that either. Yeah, you also you don't you don't know is this guy, you know, this Telus guy, did he lose his mind completely and go and kill him? Is that on the table? You know, the cops haven't said, you know, formally that I'm aware of that he's actually active as suspect, you know, but they are obviously searching his house. Uh, they want to talk to him. Um, you know, is he a patsy? Is he a fall guy? I don't know. Again, you get you wind up feeling like a conspiracy theorist, you know, just sort of thinking out loud here. But um, it is very weird. The whole situation is just so weird. Yeah, it is. Well, it doesn't sound random. I mean, right. you know. No, it does not. Right. Not at all. Uh, saw this story. Um, yeah, it was Daily Wire. Leading Transgender Health Association is expected to release its new guidance next week. That's going to suggest breast removal for girls as young as 15. And testicle removal for boys as young as 17. No, but I was told nobody was doing that. But they are. And there's proof. So now why not just change the guidelines? Because the experts, using quotations, the experts say that's a good idea. The World Professional Association for Transgender Health has stated it will release its new guidance before the organization's annual conference. Coming up on September 16th. They have an annual conference. Yes, they do. Wow. Uh, The president said, let me assure you, we are doing everything we can to ensure um, that the new guidelines will be ready and available at the start of the Scientific Symposium in Montreal. Scientific? It seems to be a theory. What's scientific about it? Doesn't science have facts? Yeah, science generally would have some facts. And, you know, we're only a few years away from somebody, you know, when all of this comes crashing down, when the victims of this, when the children who are being castrated and mangled in the name of woke ideology, when they start really speaking out en masse because they get to adulthood and realize that adults, adults abused them. Yeah. All the people who are defending it right now will come out with this line. Well, science changes. No. No, that's... Don't let people off the hook with that. No, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, everybody's got to make a choice right now. Where are you at on that? You really think this is a good idea? I, I, I Have you really looked into it? Because if you do, it's evil. It's awful. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Does not make any sense. I don't know how you can justify that in your mind. I don't know how. Well, I think some people are brainwashed into thinking, well, uh, you know, I don't know. And maybe for the long run, that's that's a good thing because you put your trust in these kooks that are supposed to be the experts because everyone says they're the experts. I j- you know, everybody at one point in their life was 15, 16, 17 years old if they live long enough, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the stupid stuff that you thought was true at that age. And if you could act on it, are you kidding me? Oh, goodness, yes. I know, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. The things you think at 15, 16, 17, I guarantee you, you're not going to think about it at 25, 26, 27. You're just not. Okay, so I don't have the stats in front of me. But I think you'll vouch. In a lot of states, if you're 16, you can't be dating someone that's 18. No. Mm-hmm. Correct? No. Why is that? 
because it's it's you're not old enough to make decisions at 16 years old by law. Okay. So the law would say because you're not able to make decisions like dating this 18-year-old. Right. You Okay, for your own safety. We we, we have this right. law. There's a guardrail here. Yes. Okay. But you can chop your sack off. Yes. What? No, it doesn't or make have any some sense. Sort of mutilating surgery. That's insane. It doesn't make any sense. None no. of this makes sense. And they know it. Oh, I'm sorry. The sack would be 17 years old. Sorry about that. That's not too offensive, I was okay. told. No. If you want to get more offensive, we can. I don't know what lunch has got to do with it, but okay. Yeah. Thank you. It's insane. By the way, nearly one in four Democratic voters believe men can get pregnant. <laughs> wow. Who doesn't? <laughs> Sane people. I know. Sane people. That's a person I want to put in charge of my children's health care right there. That's right. Oh, yeah. Can men get pregnant? Uh, yeah. Uh, you're out. You know Sorry. I mean? No. Yeah. You're out of your freaking mind. Um, I don't know if you saw the latest numbers on this. And you've probably heard this from legacy media. The whole student debt forgiveness, a lot of Americans support it. Until they're asked the next question. Yeah. <laughs> and until they think about it. Mm-hmm. And then once they understand how this really works, well, wait a second, that, that doesn't seem right. You don't say, we'll get to that. And much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, Millennial David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. This from Reason.com. Most Americans support student debt forgiveness. Till they think about it. Till there's some more info. Yeah. So you probably heard this. This is poll done. And hey, you support this? This bailout, student loan forgiveness? Mm-hmm. All of that? You got like 88% of Democrats. Yes, it's good. Forgive that $10,000 for these individuals earning up to one hundred and fifty grand annually. Yes, yeah, 64% of people overall. But then there's some trade-offs because, as many people have predicted, and this is people on the left saying, you know, these universities are going to take this as we can jack the prices more. Well, sure. It's the way it's going to go. So they ask people, uh, do you still support it if it meant, well, colleges would increase their tuition and fees? That 88% of Democrats goes to 33% in a hurry. Oops. What? Sure does. Unintended consequences. <laughs> yep. Hmm. And uh, independents, they go from 58% to 21%. Even the Republicans, the 37% that say, yeah, I support it, goes down to 18%. Wow. Um, if you bring up, you know, this primarily benefits higher income people, right? You still support it? And for the Democrats, that 88% gets chopped in half to 44%. Yeah. For independents, 58 to 26%. Down to 22% with Republicans. What if it raised your taxes? You support it then? 
<laughs> yeah, it goes down significantly mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, what if it meant more employers are going to require college degrees, even if not needed, to do the job? It also plummets mm-hmm. as far as support. So I guess some people just hear the talking points on TV and say, yeah, it's good, I'm for it. Well, about thinking all the way through. <clears throat> it's like those old campus reform videos. So campus reform, they they yes. a lot of times will go out to college campuses and ask students about current events. And a lot of times, you know, when you actually confront the students with facts, their idealism disappears immediately. So, yes, like uh, one of the classic exam- examples, I think it was at the University of Miami, maybe, um, where they were asked about. Socialism. Do you think socialism is good? Do you mm-hmm. do you think that's good? Yeah, I think everybody should be able to get what they need and all of that stuff. Um, so then they say, well, in the classroom, then if you know if you're in a group and you're doing all the work, should everybody get the grade that you get? And they said, well, no, because I did that. Okay, <laughs> see, <laughs> right. Equal outcomes actually seems pretty unfair when you when the rubber meets the road. Yes. Okay, I'm not a fan of Kim Kardashian. She's showing her butt on some magazine again. I don't care. But I see this headline that says Kim Kardashian gets ignorant about climate change. I'm like, oh, really? What's that all about? It's an interview magazine where she says, I believe in climate change and I believe that anything can help. But I also believe in being realistic. And I think sometimes there's so much to worry about on this planet. It can be really scary to live your life with anxiety. I have super climate change involved friends, and I love learning from them. I do what I can, but you have to pick and choose what really works for you in your life. They're like, she's ignorant on this. I'm like, maybe she's just the only honest one. (laughs) Anybody else stopping their private jets? I don't see it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story of the day, David. Uh, well, I mean, it's the continuing energy crisis, and we are really just at the tip of the iceberg with this whole thing, not only with Western Europe, but here in the United States as well. I mean, have you seen the price of natural gas is going up, and that means a whole lot of people are going to see crazy energy bills this, this winter. Yeah. I mean, it's a big and- deal, and the administration is telling you to just buy an electric car. But by the <laughs> way, don't plug in that electric car. Yeah, push it. Yep. Just go Fred downhill. Flintstone. Yeah. Fred Flintstone, that thing. Right? Yeah. Well, we're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine already. Just wait until national media says, we got to help out Europe. Putin's putting the yep. screws to him. Oh, nope. Yeah. All right. Got another news update to get to. And the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Next. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hey, I saw this piece at Daily Wire. Um, anti-white racism is all the rage amongst big business, banks, unions, and government. Anti-white racism, you tell me. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, you've probably heard it before. I Under have. the guise of diversity, equity, sure. and inclusion. Right. So Greg Price, known as a conservative strategist, 
said open racial discrimination against whites and Asians is just a thing now. So then it's all these screenshots of all these stories highlighting programs or policies that explicitly push minority individuals over white people. Okay, like as an example, Bank of America announced a new mortgage lending program geared specifically to black and Hispanic home buyers. Oh, and I, I, in that particular case, I don't think that's anti-white racism. I think that's good old-fashioned anti-black racism. I think this is Bank of America partying like it's 2006. Yes, it's like no, subprime. Yeah, it's like no down payment. You can get these loans and all of this and what what they're mm-hmm. doing and. And the goal, the stated goal, is to try to get people who would normally not be able to buy a house because of their financial situations um, to get them into a home. Well, we've seen this movie before. Yes. And it's not good. But who went to jail? Right. I can tell you, nobody. Right. right. Remember Obama? Well, they're going to go to jail. Yeah. Find out who's responsible for this. So I, I Never mean, happened. Just another lie. I mean, in this case, this is about trapping low-income black Americans into loans they can't repay. It's disgraceful. In the piece, it does say it's doubtful that Bank of America will begin a program like this in the predominantly white and poverty-ridden town of Beattyville, Kentucky, despite its widespread economic ruin due to policies that ship jobs overseas and allow drugs to proliferate throughout the county. Well, yeah, there is that. The one thing that really is, <laughs> I'll just say interesting, is that all of a sudden, Asians are grouped in with whites. Why is that? I think we all know why. Oh. Success. Right. So is it really about minorities with Asian Americans? I mean, dude, we see discrimination on TV all the time. There's somebody walking up to an Asian person and sucker punching them or throwing them in front of a train. Yeah. You see it all the time. But as far as people that are discriminated against, Asian Americans are never included in that group. Well, we just, but they're smart, see, and they do well. So we're not even going to talk about that. Or Indian Americans. Who do very well as far as financially. India, right? Yes. Okay. Not Native Americans. Right, got it. But if you are going to use the term black and brown people, that's not included. With people originally from India. No, No. And then you see what happens with the massive political shift, especially in South Texas, where more and more Hispanics are uh, switching over to the Republican Party, and then you get outlets like Axio saying, well, now Hispanics are the new face of white supremacy. (laughs) Because because Larry Elder wasn't enough. Right. (laughs) Or Candace Owens. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that people go along with it is crazy to me. Just needs to be called out all over. All right, Robbins, are you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's roll, man. Let's do it. All right. Hey, was Casey here yesterday? No, no he wasn't. Okay, no. he's not with me. I get messages. Does Casey hang out with you when you're not there? Well, that's, David no, that's... and I understanding was he traveled with you. No. Okay. That is, in fact, fake news. Okay. Okay. Maybe you bought him a seat for the uh, ball game uh, you were at. Maybe. <laughs> I think he's ready. Are you ready? One, two, three. Look at you all. 
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories today. Always help counting down from his top four hero. Hero Robbins. here. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, you're back. <laughs> wow. I'm good, ready. Good to have you here, man. Good. <laughs> I know. I, okay. what I three. Said. Okay. Uh, three. Number three, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, everyone's favorite socialist from New York, is gracing the cover of GQ, you say. Yeah, GQ magazine. And some very interesting insights into the mind of AOC. Okay. There are some things we probably didn't know. I want you guys to know that she's kind of a private person. Do you know why? <laughs> why? Because she doesn't like to be on all the time. Uh-huh. Oh. She goes, out. i, I got to be on. i got to be AOC. I've got to do this. I can't anymore. The burdens on this woman's life is immeasurable. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. She wants to just be herself, okay? <laughs> okay. She might not have very much time left either. She said in the interview, talking about her future ambitions... Very heavy, sighing comment. She said, well, realistically, I can't even tell you if I'm going to be alive in September. She can't even tell you. Well, it's September. She's alive. Well, she did the interview a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. Why did she think she was going to die? (laughs) Apparently. From climate change or what? I don't know. But apparently, according to one of her friends who called her like a month ago and said, hey, do you want to have dinner in September? She said, I don't even know if I'm going to be alive or not. My goodness, man. That's very sad. I saw some other parts of that piece, too. I know. You got a couple of good quotes there. Yeah. Well, I just, I, there was like an excerpt from it that was just released. And she worries about marrying a white guy. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> why would she worry about that? Just don't do it. No, she's engaged, I think. Or, or do they actually To a white guy? Yeah. Yes. They've oh. been together for a long time. Oh, that guy. Oh, that was on vacation with her during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yes. Um, she said she does have two contradictory things at the same time as far as beliefs. One is the relentless belief that anything is possible. But at the same time, AOC says, my experience here has given me a front row seat to how deeply and unconsciously, as well as consciously, so many people in this country hate women, and they hate women of color. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, it goes on, yeah, she fears she may be killed within weeks or even days because so many people hate women. Um, You covered that. Where's the other that's so good, man? Okay. (laughs) After her election in 2018, it was her own party that gave her a case of the sats, Mm -hmm. just so you know. Yeah. Um, She said, oh, I just lost the page. Come on. It was open hostility to my presence, my existence. Since I got here, literally day one, even before day one, I've experienced a lot of targeting uh, diminishment from my party and the pervasiveness of that diminishment. It was all encompassing at times. I feel a little more steady on my own two feet now. As far as anything between her and Pelosi, she said, I wouldn't say it's personal, but overall she feels despised in her role. She said, imagine working a job and your bosses don't like you and folks on your team are suspicious of you. And then the competing company is trying to kill you. Who's trying to kill her? Is she saying Republicans are trying to kill her? What Republican? 
What I don't know. Is That's all it him. says. That's all it says. I mean, Republicans are, are sitting here saying, how can we make sure that you are front and center as much as possible? Of course. Yes. Yeah. We'll send a limo to pick you up to work every day. We Drop want you, you off. there. Make sure you're there. Yeah, we'll walk you to your office. Yes. Okay. Want another one? Well, of course. It's the uh, Scott yeah. Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day, up to... Two. Number two, uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom says you've got to stop using your big appliances because, you know, there's an energy shortage. There is. Uh, yeah, Captain Hairgel said these triple-digit temperatures throughout our state are leading to, not surprisingly, a record demand on our energy grid. Everyone has to do their part to step up for just a few more days now. Come on. Individuals, the state, industries, business, all have to do their part in helping reduce the grid. Now, here's specifically what you can do in the early morning hours. Listen, people, (laughs) particularly today and tomorrow, pre-cooled your home. Run your air conditioning earlier in the day when more power is available. And we encourage you to close your windows and blinds to keep your home cool as well. And today and tomorrow afternoon, 4 p.m. in particular, please turn your thermostat up to 78 or higher. And avoid to the extent possible using any really large appliances. Yeah, hang that laundry up on the laundry line out back that you have. (laughs) You can visit flexalert.org to learn more about what you can do. Californians, you've rallied before, and we got to, we get to do it again. Keep up the good work. What? It really is. Bring clotheslines back and have these women beating their laundry with rocks down at the river. (laughs) We're getting closer and closer to number one. The Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. That is hilarious. Uh, And finally, yeah, one. Uh, Republican Senate candidate in Georgia, Herschel Walker, dropped a new ad targeting Democrats' obsession with racism. Yeah, he's seen a big surge in the polls lately, uh, interestingly, at a time when Democrats have been seeing their own national surge. Uh, he's pushing a campaign message of unity and healing the country's divisions. The Walker campaign just dropped this new 30-second ad that is blasting mainstream Democrats' focus on racism and division rather than healing and oh here we go you absolutely agree that it's racist it is a redux of jim crow in a suit and tie america has a long history of systemic racism you ain't black america has a pre-existing condition it's called racism senator warnock believes america is a bad country full of racist people i believe we're a great country full of generous people warnock wants to divide us i want to bring us together I'm Herschel Walker. I approve this mess. There you go. Okay. I think it's pretty effective, actually. Using well, their own words. If you want to be known as the new white supremacist. Yeah. Right. One of the funniest things about that campaign is because I know there was a lot of bedwetting going on about whether or not it was going to be a blowout, uh, blowout for Raphael Warnock or, or whatever, because mm-hmm. you know you have the Mitch McConnells of the world out there saying that the candidate quality is not very high. One of the controversies with Herschel Walker in particular was because apparently this dude has kids that he doesn't acknowledge or whatever. He's got several. But the only thing he had to do in response was say, Raphael Warnock ran over his ex-wife with his car. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much it. We're not talking family values here. (laughs) (laughs) And he he did it as a reverend. Yeah. I mean, come on, man.
That's so hilarious because I cannot tell you how many times off air you've brought that up, David. Dude, it's not like this guy didn't run over the ex-wife. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, Herschel Walker was, you know, playing Johnny Appleseed apparently back in the eighties. <laughs> well, yeah, probably, yeah, but Rafael he never ran over, over his right? his baby mama with a car. Right. <laughs> wow, wow. Gosh dang, man. I'll always appreciate Herschel Walker. I mean, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, he's partly responsible for the 90s dynasty, that trade to the Vikings. Oh, yeah, outside about that that one. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was was huge at the time. But, yeah, obviously a great player. And there you have it. Well, thank you. And thank you, Scott, for the trifecta. All right. So I have Nimrods in the news to get to. Any news updates straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, this is called playing to win here. While we're talking about everybody buying an electric vehicle and everybody, uh, you know, just turn up the thermostat to 90 degrees or whatever because their power grid is going to buckle. China, meanwhile, they are well pushing into Mozambique for natural Hmm. gas production. Production is going to probably be started in the next couple of years and they're removing natural gas hey don't they care about the environment <laughs> well see well you know I, I think it was the european union uh, a couple months ago that actually said uh natural gas actually now counts as green energy <laughs> you just changed the wording <laughs> Why right? not? That's you know, when, yeah. you're, when you're losing the argument just change the language that's what the left always does well um, can our left do that <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I wish. You know, China is also going to be removing most of the ag and uh, uh, mineral tariffs on nine of Africa's poorest countries. Because hmm. what they've been doing is kind of, I mean, remember during the pandemic, or at the height of the pandemic, they were offering all sorts of PPE and drugs and things like that to help these poor nations. Uh, well, as long as you give us, like, mineral rights and whatnot. Yeah, I mean they they do play to win. They're strip mining that continent. But yes, uh huh. We create a problem. I mean, well, it escaped from the land. Yeah. I mean, it was from that yeah. wet market. Yeah, accident. By the way, if there is an accident and it happens on your watch, do you apologize? Uh, yes. I'm still waiting for that from China. And then uh, what is it? Rural Kentucky going to fight the uh, drug issue there. Yeah. We're going to do kiosks. Yeah, they they call it. It's like a vending machine with drug paraphernalia in it. It's it's called a harm reduction kiosk. I think San Diego County was rolling those out too. Um, but yeah, these are provided uh, through funding from the National Institutes of Health, and yeah. so they have syringes. They've got uh, fentanyl test strips. They've got all these things, and they're basically in vending machine so you don't have to go one-on-one to a health professional to get these things even well, if there's were, a stigma see right there's a stigma you know what i guarantee you is going to happen to these things they're going to get tipped over and broken into and raided in about 30 minutes yeah yeah a lot of this stuff is easy to predict 
No, we hadn't started Nimrods in the news yet, actually. We have to start it now. Go ahead, roll it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Started in Buffalo. 21-year-old guy, Waylon Frears, dating a 19-year-old named Jackia Williams. Um, it's a rocky romance, probably. I mean, she had slashed his tires a few months ago. I mean, it happens. Um, they're not together anymore, but she wanted to make amends by paying him back for the tires. That's nice. Mm-hmm. So she said she'd meet up with him at a Burger King parking lot to give him the cash. Mm, nice. But when he rolled down his window, she reached in and, well, she didn't slash it. She slashed him. Oh, God. Stabbed him in the chest. He's going to be all right. He drove himself to the hospital. They released him after he got stitched up. Cops tracked down Jack Gia, found a knife, three and a half inch blade, too. She was arrested. And that's Nimrod's in the news.